We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want to get to it? All right, let's, let's get do to, it. Let's get to some super chats, and then uh, I could I could say on I could say on for a few of these. How about that? And then I, I may turn turn the baton over. JM need the Benji tweet like I need air. I can't wait for it, man. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be notifications on. <laughs> yes, yeah, got that right. Um, what, what do thanks, we think Jay. it is? By the way, you think it's gonna be? I just think it's gonna be what? Is it gonna be? Yeah, like, it'll be something like that, and then they'll follow it up with like something about IQ. I think. Yeah, I guess. I, I got a nah what in there? Like he likes to say nah 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 <laughs> nah what? And that's what he's gonna say. Uh, that that has to be what it is. Gavin yeah. <clears throat> Danishevsky, get the world's tiniest violin out for Robert Cross. John, who do you think starts at the two now? I think they eventually go to Grimes, but I kind of like Hart for now. Oh, I don't like Hart. I like Hart as the Hart has to. So this trade does put a lot of pressure on Hart in this sense. You depend on quickly to come in and give you a jolt, right? Give you the bench jolt that a lot, all the best six men give you. Hart now needs to give you that every time. And I know he's a very different player than Manuel quickly. Obviously, it goes without saying he's a very different player. You need that jolt off the bench. Um, I, I mean, it depends on how long Grimes is here. I don't think they're going to, I think they'll keep DiVincenzo. I think they'll keep mm-hmm. DiVincenzo in for now. I yep. think they'll keep DiVincenzo in for now. Give OG more usage. More creation. Yeah. DiVincenzo is perfect in the role that he's in at this very moment, especially because the biggest concern was, well, who's going to be the point of attack? Who's going to be the wing guy? It it was neither. I mean, DiVincenzo was really neither of those things. Now it doesn't have to be. Now he's in more of a natural fit for himself. Yep. Exactly. Um, But I could, depending on a lot of factors, I could see it being Grimes eventually. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate you. Uh, Russ Guberman, what's going on, Russ? Leon is the Mafia Don. There you go. You read my mind here. Um, When your friend goes, that's the horse head in the bed sheets. First Cam, then RJ. First Obi, then IQ. Happy New Year, KFS. He ain't take this job to make friends. Um, or to like that's that was that was the biggest reason why I always got a little I don't know. I felt a little bad anytime somebody shared with me genuinely bad. Genuinely bad. I, I don't mean this facetiously. Genuinely bad anytime somebody shared the sentiment of Finally, we have a GM that is building with homegrown talent. And I always, in the back of my mind, like thought to myself, well, yeah, until, right? Until. And until came 
today. Um, so yeah. One other thing you just thought of our uh Julius Randle now has Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, and OG Ananobi surrounding him. That is yeah. incredible three-point shooting. The gravity from that is fantastic. And one of the things that was often talked about was adding spacing around RJ. Mm-hmm. But RJ was hurting the spacing. It wasn't always just what can the Knicks do about RJ at a certain point. It has to be, well, what can RJ do for the Knicks from a spacing issue? And when the Knicks are so predicated on having a five who gobbles up offensive rebounds and plays close to the rim for now, at least it makes RJ's job very difficult because Randall was also not shooting super well from three, especially on the catch and shoot worse than RJ. But Randall at least brought so much more to the table that it was these two could never truly coexist on a team moving forward. And uh, I think the wildest thing for me is that earlier this month, I believe it was earlier this month, last time Mitch played, we saw this front court for over four seasons consistently, except for when Mitch got hurt in the we here season. It's finally done. It's not, it's not going to, that's like the end of an era of the three most tenured Knicks, which just kind of dawned on me, which is wild, but this is where we're at. And a couple things on the spacing. Um, OG Ananobi last, I mean, he's a career 37.5% shooter from three. This year's 38%. Last year was 39%. The most important part, and this is my God, will this be a welcome? Will this be a welcome sight from the corners? 44, 45, 47. Those are the last three years, corner three point shooting for Ananobi um, on uh, significant value. Uh, that's the other part. And then just as the uh, piece de la resistance, um, OJ Ananobi at the rim this year, 73%. RJ Barrett has never had a five game stretch in his career where he's shot 73% at the rim. That's what OG Ananobi is doing on the season. Last year, 65. The year before that, 64. The year before that, 69. I mean, these are all dogs that are going to hunt. And I think you could very easily make the argument that the spacing on the Knicks that he's walking into is better than any spacing he's had um, on the Raptors the last few years. So I don't necessarily see any reason why that rim number should go down uh, a terribly great deal. His rebounding has also been low OGs, which is concerning. But I was talking about about this with Prez, who brought up a great point. He was talking with with Mo, where... um, a big reason for the lack of rebounding could also be if he's defending the best guards and they're spaced out that they don't move in. So the rebounding is not a priority for him because his focus is more suited elsewhere. So maybe that changes based on how they use him. I'm really not sure, but it'll be a fascinating development no matter what. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Next up. I-95 bully. No, what can I do? Matt called it salary filler. How do you feel about the other pieces in the trade? It feels weird to say good trade by the Knicks. Um, So I will just, I'm going to give myself a loss on this one. I don't think RJ, RJ was salary filler in this trade. Um, I think because if he was truly salary filler, right? You could ask yourself, do the Raptors do this trade? If it's um, just, Emmanuel quickly and uh, Evan Fournier, which would have worked under the cap. Not uh, you just take uh, take Flynn out of it. I think it probably works under the cap. You still get uh, a true in 
whatever you could you'd be able to finagle it right i don't think the raps are doing that trade i think rj the prospect of him rebounding you know and 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 maybe figuring it out in toronto and his home country the whole thing i think that was uh hashtag meaningful here so i do not think that he was just salary filler even though like in terms of like the prize that many have thought he he was over the years uh, uh no not not that um i i'm a, i don't know i'm very different from you a little bit on this jeremy i'm kind of excited to see achua i i think achua's had a, a decent year he had a bad year last year um he i don't know that i want him shooting threes he, he has dabbled uh this year i don't know what his percentage is off the top of my head i don't think it's that great i'll look it up but i'm curious to see achua that's fine. I just don't foresee a long-term future here. I don't think that the Knicks are going to want to keep him around because, again, two options, right? I, I would imagine that they would very much like to retain Isaiah Hartenstein yes, because I of how important completely. that he is. Completely. So then you work backwards from there. Well, not really backwards. You kind of just work all-encompassing. The Knicks still have Mitchell Robinson under, salary, under contract. They're going to try to get Joel Embiid if there's just even a whiff of him being available. You also have Jericho Sims under contract. I'm not saying, oh, well, Sims deserves to be there over a Chuba or whatever. It's more that it just feels to me that the best thing moving forward for the Knicks is to move a Chua for someone like Drummond, who you know will be cheap moving forward. And I don't think a Chua will be particularly expensive. It just feels like an unnecessary future expense because it essentially locks the Knicks in to having to pay a restricted free agent. And I think that if there were a way to do it, you wouldn't want to be paying three centers, right? If you're keeping Mitch, because I doubt you're trading Mitch to then get someone. Not, I, I, I don't know. They're not it, trading. it just feels like it feels too yeah. galaxy brain to me to bring in a Chua and to keep him here and then try to figure it out with Mitch and Hartenstein and Chua and all of that. And I think the easiest solution is just move a Chua for a different piece that better suits what you need. And if Drummond walks in free agency, then okay, that's fine. Yeah, you, it, like, you have, you have two back. Yeah, it's an easier sell. Um, I just looked at him. He's twenty nine percent from three on the year, uh, so not 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 great on forty five attempts. Not a ton of attempts. Uh, thanks to ninety five. Seku Bermis, my Knicks uh, group chat is in shambles, mourning for IQ. But rationally, I think this makes the Knicks better. It's the consolidation trade we saw coming. It's the it's the trade. It's it's been so painfully obvious that this was the trade they needed to make from before. From when, from the beginning of the summer, we talked about this before the freaking free agency opened. Yep, that this is because we knew that they were getting Divincenzo. Like once the writing was all on the wall with Divincenzo, it was like, all right, well, just when is it going to happen, and what are the what are the primaries? Um, I'm sure a lot of people are upset about quickly. I, I totally get it. Um, and he's really good. He's going to look great. Like you could argue the Knicks traded away a top fifty NBA player today. I real I, I mean that. I, I think quickly. Has that ceiling? I, I'm not going to say that he's a top 50 NBA player right now. I don't believe that. Could he get there? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's a that's a big deal. And one of the best players in the league this year. I don't know if he'll become an All Star. I don't know if he should be over some of the other players, but he. I've always appreciated his game, and it's just like been taken another level. Obviously, is Derek White. And when you look at Emmanuel quickly, to me he felt like the Knicks version of Derek White, or at least could be that type of player. But instead, the Knicks needed to turn their version of Derek White into Toronto's version of OG Ananobi, which is now their version of OG Ananobi, because that is the most glaring need for them 
right now. And it's gone. As long as, you know, these players stay healthy, on paper, they fit pretty much all of the criteria of guards, wings, and bigs. The question now is where they make the upgrade to truly raise not just their floor, but their ceiling. And I don't, I think there's absolutely a possibility we could look at this trade as the Knicks version of the Derek White trade, but not in the sense that you were That's first talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, Seku. Appreciate you. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning, to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. Juanan, John, I asked you last night what your consolidation trade would be. It happened. What would you do now? The one thing I know is that they're not done. The prophet says more to come. He's never wrong. Oh, boy. Shout out to Robert Randolph and his family band and Friday Night Knicks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit already. I don't... I said, I said it already with the SNY thing I was on today with Dexter and CP. I really don't love the, the Murray fit and Jeremy already said even though he just went through that whole mastermind thing you know Jeremy said he doesn't love it either I just don't see Murray as a piece that you are going to say okay long term we see this as the backcourt that's going to take us to a championship level um, that's my opinion right now um, I still think that's the most obvious trade on the board although it would not shock me if there was another you know there are other losing teams out there with players that can be traded that's all I'll say but are there players that can be traded that also help the Knicks moving forward to get them no. that next player. No. That's what is really difficult to find. No. And that's why when I also saw the whole Murray news, one of my other thoughts was what if the Knicks are trying to get Murray to then flip Murray to Toronto? And maybe that could have been the case and they just settled on this. And the reason being that the Raptors historically have loved deflections per game Murray has consistently ranked as among the best in the NBA in deflections per game. In fact, two years ago, I believe, he was number one overall in deflections per game. So that's why I thought, oh, if it's not for the Knicks, maybe the Knicks know that they can't do a couple protected picks and Grimes and Fournier with the DeJounte package for OG. But perhaps if they got DeJounte with that package, they could then in turn get someone like OG using DeJounte, but I, I think it became too convoluted when you configure RJ, OG, Julius. It's tough to make that well, work. To be clear, if they trade for DeJounte Murray tomorrow, there's not going to be anybody more excited than me. If it's the sort of package that Jeremy is talking about, I just, I, and again, knowing the front office, I would what? be happier. I would be happier. If that, if the package I laid out was what it was, I'd be a little happier than you. Not a lot, but just, you said no I one, mean, no one would be happier than you. <laughs> 
I, I would be okay. the first happiest we'd, person. We'd both be happy. We'd mostly, both be ecstatic. I'd just be mostly lonely. because they would not be giving up any distant future. And again, as long as they have all those picks, I to me, my view is like it's fucking gravy. You know, like sure, you want to go get Jonathan Murray, see how he works next to Brunson for a whole year, and I know being random, like whatever, give it a shot. But keep your keep your keep your main powder dry. Yeah. Thanks, Juno. Uh, Drew P, how many firsts get McCal? For Evan Fournier done uh, a, a trillion because those two teams are never making a trade. I, I turned to, to CP when I was at the SNY studios earlier today and it when it hit me like, oh, Mikhail Bridges is the perfect player to slot now as the starting two. And I'm like, yeah. unfortunately, I, I disagree for whatever it's worth. You don't you don't think he's the perfect player. OK, yeah. that's we I think disagree uh, there. The reason why I disagree is it's okay. Well, OG is going to soak up a little bit more usage. Yes. Sure. Like in a nutshell, if you were to say, Hey, you have Brunson, Mikhail, Randall, those three guys, and then DiVincenzo and Mitch went healthy next year. Right? That's a good team. That's fun. It's not going to win you a title. I- I'm sorry, Kevin Danishevsky. It's not going to do it. I like Mikhail Bridges a lot. It's also. Pointless because the Nets and the Knicks, if they ever make a trade, it will be something like, hey, we'll trade you your second round pick. That's 57th for cash considerations and the right to a player like, right? Maybe it'll be the Louis Lavery trade uh, that the Knicks and the Pacers made way back when. It's not going to be anything seismic and it's certainly not going to be, hey, let's trade our best player to our crosstown division rival. Even if it's not a rivalry, they're still rivals. So I, yeah, it's not going to happen. McCall Bridges, McCall Bridges is not going to be here. For what it's worth, I'd give up anything. Um, ben Kim Gary, what's going on, Ben? This will go down as the IQ trade in the near future. Uh, there's a lot of people who agree with you. A lot of people who feel strongly about that you maybe just gave. Because who's the best player on both of these teams? Arguably, arguably, Scotty Barnes. Long term, who's the asset? Let me let me rephrase that. Who's mm. the asset that? What? Are you prepared to say that Scotty Barnes is a is a better player than Jalen Brunson? No, which is why I was about okay. to catch my couch myself. Gotcha. If you gave twenty eight other teams the chance to take one player off of both of these rosters, I would guess that over twenty would take Barnes, if not over twenty five. Over Brunson? Yes. I think the vast majority of GMs, if you had, if you had to say pick one player on these two rosters, you could import onto your roster right now. I think about twenty GMs, if not a little bit more, would take Barnes. Scotty Barnes is having one hell of a season. He has been phenomenal. I know they're very different points in their NBA careers. Jalen Brunson is on track to be an All NBA player. I'm not saying Scotty Barnes can't or won't be that. I think he easily could be. It's just I get the the cost control factor and all of that and the size and prototypical wings. I I get it. I just see all NBA production and what Brunson means to this team while it's winning. Yeah. And we just haven't seen that with Barnes. That's why it's so difficult to compare. But um Brun- Brunson is as valuable to the Knicks as any player is to any team in the league. I would well, be you, you want to talk about me being apoplectic the way a lot of people are apoplectic today about quickly and and RJ going out if they ever traded Jalen Brunson. That would be me. He's the one player that I have developed a real attachment to because he's the best player I've ever seen play since Ewing. So, and I know mm-hmm. I'm not forgetting about anybody, Andrew, um, on the Knicks. So the reason I bring that up is if Barnes is the guy that Toronto praised that he is, and he does have that ceiling, 
and they just got him his starting point guard for the next five to 10 years, well then, do I think that there's a possibility that it could go down as the IQ trade? Absolutely. That's not my concern. My concern is about the Knicks and the Knicks doing what's best for them. And this trade was in the best interest of the Knicks. Why did I get mentioned? Because you know why. You've said that many a time that Brunson is the most important player since Ewing. And I've never pushed back. You do a podcast over here. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, John. Before you get Um, out of here, here is someone you need to respond to. He's got three of them. Absolutely. Okay. And after this, I have to go have a, uh, for anybody wondering why I'm leaving an emergency live stream about the, the most shocking trade the Knicks have made since at least Christoph Porzingis. Um, as many of you know, I had COVID for Christmas and uh, we postponed Christmas dinner to tonight that uh, I am uh, and my family are going to be late for because I'm doing this. So uh, as to uh, not uh, be a divorced man by tomorrow morning and being able to enjoy the OJ and OB experience, um, I got to get out of here and hand off the reins to Jeremy and Andrew. But before I do, I think we have some super chats from one Robert Cross. I don't like this trade for one simple reason. IQ. He was never given a chance to prove himself here. He will in Toronto. Um, I agree he will get a chance to prove himself in Toronto. I will agree that he was never given the opportunity to prove himself here that his talent deserves. I will not agree that there was ever the right place, time, situation, etc., etc. Over the last two years. Over the last two years to prove himself because guess what, Robert? Guess who led the league in minutes during the 19 or what was it? 21, 21 games that he started last year. Emmanuel quickly. How do you think? Why do you think we all think the way we think about quickly as we do? Because he got the opportunity here. So for you to say he never got a chance to prove himself, go talk about a coach that didn't run him out there for 38 point whatever minutes a game when Jalen Brunson was out. Because that's what this one did. There's nobody who loves Emmanuel quickly more than tips. This is a roster construction issue. Next super chat. But I think William Wesley probably is, is a bit more. <laughs> well, William I'll, Wesley, I'll yeah. say this. I, I think what you said about the last two years is important because that coincides with Jalen Brunson coming to the Knicks. If we yeah. want to talk about the seasons before, that's a like different Alfred Payton, Alec Burks. I completely agree with you, Robert. I think you're dead on. Hundred percent. Yes, it's the two year portion or like a year and change. That's the part where it's like. They had Jalen Brunson. He's him. It's it's hard. You can work with them together. And the Knicks have, and they should have done more. They should have. But there's the Jalen Brunson of it all. It is what it is. Um, we'll miss IQ, who played with joy on the garden floor, and RJ, who carried himself with class in a Knicks jersey, irrespective of circumstances. Yeah, RJ's a classy guy. He's been media trained by his parents since he was 12 years old. Um, it he was media trained so well that he has convinced a large portion of a fan base to overlook the fact that he has been a poor basketball player uh, for four and a half years now uh, who has no discernible impact on winning by any metric. So yeah, I'd say his media training was pretty fucking good um, for him to have. Uh, again, we're the smartest fan base in sports, right? You, I mean, must be, uh, I, I don't know who, who's good on a mic, Barack Obama to, to be able to pull off that, that hat trick. Um, and I will miss IQ too. He did, he did play with joy and that was a lot of fun. And then uh, what's the last one from Robert? Is it fair and reasonable to say that this trade is a sign the front office believes in Julius Randle? If so, is that that's a thumbs down from me. Um, as 
B BK Ben Ben Kim Gervey, notable patron oh, at KFS. Ben uh, likes to say, "Dude is built on a house of sand." I think their view of Julius Randle is the same as they've had for years, which is that this is the guy that we have inherited. We are going to continue to treat him as the asset he is and make the best use of the asset he is. At press time, the best use of that asset is to continue to employ him on the Knicks and not trade him for what he would fetch and make the best use of his talents. And oh, by the way, his talents might get him into the freaking all-star game for the third time in four years. So with all due respect to anyone who has any issues about Julius Randle, I mean, my Lord, I, I get, I'm not going to ask what more do you want from the guy? Cause I know the answer. You want to hustle back on defense every time and you want it to get every rotation and, and, and to not, you know, complain to the refs and all those things. Well, beggars can't be choosers. This guy has been a monumentally important piece of this organization. And no, I don't think that this trade necessarily puts in pen. Julius Randle is going to have a lifetime contract as a Nick. He may continue to be here. He may not. They will continue to roll with the punches. That is what this front office has done pretty damn well since they have taken over. It's taken every opportunity as it comes. Um, and on that note, Jeremy, anything else? I will stand on the belief that I've had for a long time, which is that Julius Randle will continue to be this Knicks team's version of DeMar DeRozan, in which case, if there is a certain point where the Knicks need to pull the uh, pull the parachute, they will. But they're going to keep building with him because he's a really great basketball player. And to your point, John, could very easily be named to another All-Star game third in four years. He's got the warts. IQ was great because he always, and RJ was like this too, always showed up to work, put things aside. Uh, you always felt like, 110% with IQ on both ends of the floor and you shift to Julius and it doesn't quite feel that way. But also yeah. I think for Julius, incredibly hard worker, but it probably came more naturally to Julius because he's just that big, that strong and that good. And like, I'm sure that IQ had to work even harder to get to this point because he doesn't have the frame. He doesn't have the talent, the raw talent, in the same way that Julius had that you can't quite build that size. I can't be six foot eight. If I tried, you can't either, John, it's very unfortunate. I've tried. I've had, to, I've done years of therapy to get through it and I'm almost there, but we just can't do it. And I think that Julius being there, being that presence, look, man, if you go into next year and you found a way to get another star or superstar again, whatever you want to call it. And you added that player to Julius and Brunson and you've got OG on the wing. You've got one hell of a team. Isn't that what we watch this team? night in, night out, all the years that we suffered, it's to get something that's really good. That's what makes being good feel all the sweeter, all of the losses that we've had to deal with. So to have Julius still prop you up and to get you further to that point, that's okay by me. I'm happy with that. Amen to that. Uh, on that note, um, I'm going to call Andrew up here uh, to pass the baton. And uh, thank you. Apologies again that I could not stay on for longer for this one. What a day. Uh, truly, what a day. That's all I have to say. Well, enjoy. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> all right. Uh, later, guys. See ya. 
What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, sir. Shall we? Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to Robert or from what just happened? Uh, I'll say hi, Robert. I'll get to your DMs uh, yeah, soon. Later. But, uh, anyway. Thank you for the D- super chat. Ham DM. You read the first one. Oh, can't wait to hear your thoughts, John. Sorry, Hamdi, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, definitely feeling mixed emotions. How can you not as a fan in a perfect world? Uh, you want your draft picks to be stars, but I think this is good. We'll miss IQ greatly. Yes. Think about also, and this isn't so much praising, but I think credit where it's due. That miserable season that was the 2019-20 season. Getting Marcus Morris. Getting him traded to the Clippers to get the picks that were then used to trade up to get quickly, who was then used in a trade to get OG, who will one day be flanking at least two and likely three stars at a certain point in time. That's a pretty good ROI. And think about what would have happened if the Knicks had not made that Marcus Morris trade. How If they hadn't done the scouting to get quickly. Would it be better if they had Maxi? Probably, but they might not have Brunson. Uh, again, it, they did something. They turned a small move into something that led to something larger. And it's great. And I'm with you, Hamdi. I'm really going to miss IQ. I rock his jersey. When I go to the garden, it's either him or Brunson if I'm wearing a jersey that day. And I'm not ready to retire it, but uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to keep wearing it because it's not like he left for reasons that uh, he wanted to. He was traded. The Knicks just tweeted this out. I'll, I'll remove the comment. It's a big graphic that says, thank you, RJ. Well, thank you, RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. This truly is like the end of a bit of an era. Like you pointed it out that this is the first time we're just ever going to see Julius Randle on the Knicks without RJ Barrett on the floor, which is pretty, pretty remarkable because they were both such healthy players too, that I I'm try- I actually want to go back and look. Have we ever, Oh no, we did last year when RJ cut his hand off. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When that, Luca, that did happen. When Luca went full Wolverine, yes, yes, exactly. Um, anyway, I'll I'll make sure I get the one when when quickly gets his farewell later too. Um, also, Hamdi, uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts, John. You heard John's thoughts. 
Uh, yeah. But trust me, you did. <laughs> he got them all out. Yeah. Next up. And then some. <laughs> Michael Aaron, uh, I say this as an RJ guy from day one. Anyone who thinks OJ isn't a better player for this roster is kidding themselves. Uh, big win, though. I think IQ can and IQ could end up as the best of all three of these players. Um. So. I again, I share in the as a, as a card carrying member, I think of the the IQ hive, and you know, I, I I know what the impact metrics say, I know what the advanced metrics say, I know what he looked like anytime he came into a basketball game for the Knicks in his career. I believe he for his Knicks career was like plus eight hundred when he was on the court. I'd have to, to look it up, but what his on off stats were officially, but um, I, I I can't help but just look in a, in a vacuum at what OG Ananobi does for this team now and what dominoes now get set up before wondering what um, IQ becomes. Like, it's not a one-to-one, but in theory, the and you know what, with the way the Suns are right now, you might actually be wondering if they made the right move. But, like, they got Kevin Durant, clearly the better player at their point because they were going for championship expectations. What Mikael Bridges looked like when he left the... The Suns was like, oh, there was a better player than the way the Suns were using him. And I, I do wonder if IQ becomes the starter in Toronto. Like if we do see like a 22 minute a game, a 22 point a game player that was there the whole time and the Knicks didn't didn't give him the opportunity to do so in the starting five. Um, I'm very fascinating what um, very, very fascinating what the uh, the Raptors do with IQ after this, Jeremy. Well, you have to give to get. That's always the thing with these trades. And I saw one post on social media that took the points, rebounds, and assists per game of RJ Barrett, of Emmanuel Quickly, and OG Ananobi, and complained about what the Knicks did to give up to get a player who puts up this stat line. And I just walked away angry. Because it just, it completely neuters the discussion on this. It it ignores that defense exists whatsoever. And the Knicks just acquired one of the best defenders in the NBA, which is exactly what they need. And not just a defender, but a defender who does exactly what they have searched for for years. They have not had a player of this ilk since I don't know when. It It just, it sets us backwards and it's frustrating to do that. But also think back, you're great with memories and I'll be able to piece together the best of my ability. But let's let's talk through the last handful of champions in the NBA. Okay? Mm-hmm. So 2023, Denver Nuggets. Aaron Gordon turned out to be that big wing, fantastic defender. The Nuggets, mind you, acquired him for um Gary Harris, who's good in his own right. RJ Hampton, who did not turn out to be very much, and a 2025 first round pick, which will probably be in the late 20s. Okay. The year before that, the Warriors. The Warriors had Andrew Wiggins. I don't even, I mean, you could consider Draymond Green, but I think Wiggins is really more big wing, defensive minded. His shooting is in the gutter right now, but he was fantastic for what they needed. That was part of the DLO trade where they actually did better off, but that's what they got. Year before that, the Bucks, 
It was not Giannis. It was Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was really that wing defender. Giannis takes on the offensive roles uh, and more. He doesn't necessarily engaged quite in the two-way superstar way that we think. Chris Middleton was acquired for uh, I think a second round. Or he was a former second round pick and a throw in and from the Pistons and all that important piece. Uh, the Lakers. The Lakers had obviously LeBron, but even when it wasn't LeBron, Danny Green was able to be there. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who also was with the Nuggets. Huge role in terms of defending wings and being a fantastic player off the ball. Uh, the year before that, you got the Raptors. It, OG Ananobi didn't play a minute in the playoffs. Instead, it was Danny Green. It was Kawhi Leonard. It, was, it, it wasn't even Siakam necessarily, but sometimes it was actually, uh, but they had three guys that could throw out wings and, and do all that. You keep going year by year. And it, if you want to throw Draymond into the mix and with the Warriors, and if you want to have the Cavs in there with LeBron being that guy again, like, the point is this is a key player, a key archetype that you so desperately need if you want to truly win a title. And that's what the Knicks are in this for. They want to win a title and having someone like OG again, it's going to be, I'm really glad we have this guy. And you're not probably going to realize it, or maybe you will, but most might not realize how important that person is until they're there in the same way it was with the Josh Hart, but better. Like Josh Hart trade it was, wow, I'm really glad the Knicks have Josh Hart right now. Damn. Hopefully it's, I'm really glad the Knicks have OG Anobi and Josh Hart right now as they flank their superstars and stars. You think that's their new closing death lineup that they go to? And maybe DiVincenzo yeah. can play, but like I, I am curious what Tibbs does now at crunch time because IQ was. I mean, we've we've been talking about the numbers for over a month now. Like the the four man combo, the the IQ, uh, Josh Hart, Brunson, Randall plus a center has just been blitzkrieging teams for a while, and I just wonder if you just slot in OG for IQ or do you put another shooter on the floor, whether it be Quentin Grimes or uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I think the beauty of it is you can mix and match depending on how it's going. But I would recommend starting with Brunson, uh, Ananobi, Hart, Randall, and I Hart to close. And then if it's not working, maybe you switch Hart out for DDV. But I don't think I'd put DiVincenzo in that. I think what the Knicks do, it's like the starters start and then they don't necessarily finish their games. I think that's kind of how I'd go about it with... Um, with those guys, but I'd sub, I, I'd probably, that's, that's an interesting question. I think I'd sub out Ananobi earlier. And I'm curious what, what like Benji and DJ and uh, others have to say, but if you sub OG out first and keep Randall in the game through the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. then you could have OG starting the second quarter and get some of that usage and the creation that we talked about there and then sub him out. I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, but that's maybe my first instinct. What's going to be crazy is when Malachi Flynn becomes the closing two guard with the mm-hmm. Knicks during the stretch. Yeah. Uh, and then one more, uh, Emmanuel, one more graphic, I should say. Emmanuel Quickly. Thank you, Emmanuel Quickly, is what the Knicks just tweeted out with a nice mm-hmm. graphic. Look, I'm, I'm going to just flat out miss it. I understand you have to give in order to get, but I, I believed in IQ. I still believe in IQ, and I think... I, th- I think Toronto got a good one. You know, we'll see what happens as the the, the years go by. But I I, I think and you is going to look great with more than twenty four minutes uh, in a Raptor uniform. You're up, Ryan Nelson. Uh, the, the singing. I'm not going to sing, but this is the best day of my life. Uh, watching Barf J has been the single most grueling exercise for my fandom since Isley at point guard. 
I think the main point here is it also, it's not just, it's not just the RJ portion of it, right? Cause it's something that also gets lost. You can, you can remove something, but it's not just the removal. It could also be what's left there and the impact it might have. And I'm very curious to see what this Knicks team looks like, not just removing RJ, but the team itself, right? It's not, it's not as easy. Well, the Knicks on off and that's what it looks like better with RJ versus not, but also it impacts and improves at least on paper, the team as a whole. And I'm just very curious as to what that will look like, especially when you add in a player who's better suited for what this team's looking for in OG and an OB. We can talk about RJ. Ryan, thank you for the contribution. I genuinely do appreciate it. We could talk about basketball players without like screwing up their name. Just just throw it, throwing it out there. That's all. Thank you, Ryan. Hope you have a good happy new year. D bro uh, has deuce shown enough to really be the backup point guard. Um, no. Do you think it's him or Malachi Flynn that are the backup point guard of this team? I think for this very moment, you get by with more Deuce than Malachi, but Malachi is more of a point guard. I want to say, I mean, Deuce again, most of the time he has it's off ball. It's not running point. Yeah. So I just don't, the Knicks just need to stay as healthy as possible before the next move, because if they don't, it's a bit of a problem. I, I mean, look, it's something to see as the next days and honestly weeks and months play out the bro. JM, uh, thank you for the Super Chat contribution. Any concerns about aggregating salaries for next move now? Murray not making a lot, but Mitchell or anyone a max on a max, uh, and I can't find enough salary without moving Hart or DDV. 100%. There was a time where, this was December 16th, where the Knicks could have acquired someone using an exception and then attached that money, aggregating it with a salary to get something else. And the way I've looked at the Knicks has been a process of elimination. Whether it should be that way or not is up for debate. This is where I see it. Julius Randle, unlikely to go anywhere. Jalen Brunson, not going anywhere. Uh, Evan Fournier, probably going somewhere. OG Ananobi, not going anywhere. Mitchell Robinson, not going anywhere this season. Josh Hart, not going anywhere. He can't. He's got a a trade restriction. Dante DiVincenzo, not going to go anywhere. Uh, you can't aggregate Achua or Flynn to Fournier. You can aggregate Grimes, uh, and then the other guys are all making scratch. So I'm I appreciate what Jay is saying here because anyone who's thinking, oh, Donovan Mitchell, like that's the move. It's no, it's like it 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 would really hurt the Knicks in other ways to be able to make this work. So by doing that, I that's why again I'm still gung ho on. Murray. And I'm going to actually, after this, as I'm working through with the next cap or no cap, whenever that is, it's really thinking through, okay, the, the salaries of players and like what fits the criteria of exactly what the Knicks are looking for, because uh, you need non-expiring free agents if you want to turn around and make a superstar trade or a star trade this summer. So you got to look for guys who are under contract. And there aren't a lot of players who are earning around what you can make with Evan Fournier who are under contract next year who can serve as a vessel to get you that next guy.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.